0: You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, let's turn in our Bibles, please. Let's go to Romans chapter 6 in verse 22. Romans chapter 6. In verse 22. Hey, you got to... Excuse me. I'll I'll ask the question later. (laughs) Romans 6.22. Let's read that. Romans 6.22. The Bible says, But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness... And the end, everlasting life. I want to read it one more time. But now, being made free from sin, and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end, everlasting life. All right, the the title of the sermon tonight, The Sound of Freedom. The Sound of Freedom. And uh, just the question... Uh, what is the sound of freedom? Does somebody want to say? Um, and and what the answers I'm looking for is is earthly answers. <laughs> yes, I have that written down. Just when those planes fly by, and I can't recreate the sound with my mouth, but I'm like USA, USA, USA. Uh, sound of freedom, huh? Trump, a trumpet, a trumpet is the sound of freedom. Yes. Yes. Fireworks. Yeah, fireworks. Hearing fireworks go off, the rockets' red glare, bombs bursting in air, Uh, the sound of freedom. Anyone else? Any comments? The star-stangled banner. Hey, I love that. Uh, I was watching the Olympics, and one time an athlete was being interviewed. And the Star-Spangled Banner started to play, and the athlete said, stop, turn to the flag, and face the flag, and hand over their heart. I love that. Appreciate it. The Star-Spangled Banner is the sound of freedom. Uh, Atreyu, you didn't raise your hand, but sound of freedom? Anything? Praise. Praise. Praising God. Praising God is the sound of freedom. Uh, What was that? Laughter. Laughter. Yes, yes. Uh, some of the things I have wrote written down, wrote down, written down, uh, a Revolutionary War musket being fired, the sound of an F-16. So bonus points, right there. That's 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 one of my favorite sounds. Uh, is it the sound of sacrifice when Taps is being played? The sound of Taps, um, and we can all go through our minds and answer this question in different ways. What is the sound of freedom? Uh, I want to consider tonight, though, what's, what's the sound of freedom that's found in the Bible? The sound of freedom that is found in the Bible, and uh, we'll, we'll just quickly go through that. And first I want to say, it, it's just not one verse, and it's just not one story. It, it, it is not. The Bible is full of accounts and situations where people find freedom, and in other words, it is a book of freedom. The Bible is is a thick book of freedom, so let me we can walk through the Bible a little bit. Noah found freedom in the ark while God judged the earth, and Joseph is a story of freedom. Now I feel like I have to explain that one. You mean Joseph, the man that was sold by his uh, by his brothers? Yeah, yeah, the, Joseph, the man that uh, said uh, I'm not going to sleep with this woman, and then and then uh, with Potiphar's wife, and then he was. Brought down low and in jail, and then now he was interpreting dreams in jail? Yes, yes, Joseph. Um, Because what it tells me um, is it shows me that whatever pain and unfairness, uh, whatever things that people might bring my way, uh, God will still always take care of me and still bring me uh, freedom. And and I thought it was awesome when uh, all of his brothers had to come to Egypt and say, We have a famine, we have no food. And Joseph was able to bless his brothers and give his brothers food. And, uh, and God saw his, his line and his story all throughout, from beginning to end, from the coat to Egypt. God was all through it. And I see it as a story of freedom. Moses is a story of freedom as God's people were in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. God had a perfect plan and a willing servant to bring them out. Joshua is a story of freedom as he brings the Israelites finally to the promised land. Ruth is a story of freedom when she declared, Your people are going to be my people, and your God will be my God. And you can keep going book after book, account after account, uh, but I think you understand by now that the book, the Bible, is a book of freedom. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all throughout is freedom. And you know in my examples, I only mentioned seven books of the Bible. And there are 66 books of the Bible. There's 66 examples and books of freedom. So if, if you would, uh, we could zoom out in our minds and, and think a little bit. The Bible is God's love letter to his people. B-I-B-L-E, uh, basic instruction before leaving earth. I've heard that before. And all throughout it is... Freedom is a story of freedom. So what that tells me, so what I meant by zooming out, what that tells me is my God is a God of freedom. God is a God of freedom. If all throughout his book, he said, here's my love letter to mankind, here's what I want everyone to know, all throughout it is freedom, then that tells me God is all about freedom. That tells me that. So... Um, Let me get back to where I was. Um, As you read page by page, my God is a bondage breaker and a freedom maker. But sometimes, if we've been in church for for so long or so many times, we can think, oh, that's nice for them. That's nice for Noah. And that's nice for Joseph, how God made a way and kept his promise. And Moses, uh, good for him, bringing the Israelites out. Joshua, yes. And and Ruth, uh, he, she went from being an, an enemy to God f- to being in the same generational line as the Messiah. Good for her, nice for them. But why, when it comes to my life today in 2022, why do I still feel like in bondage? Because sometimes even as, as Christian people, people that know God as their Savior, there are many people that still are in bondage and God's people uh, might still be in bondage. So again, uh, um, you can read the freedom through book for book and, and in the Bible and through account by account, um, but why do I still struggle with uh, depression and anxiety, anger, cursing lips, and uh, a filthy mind? Why do I still struggle with uh, the addictions or things, uh, things of my past or, or things that I still struggle with? Well, let me tell you something. My God, he's the God of freedom. And God is never happy when his children are in bondage. It, it, it is never, uh, never a good thing. Uh, God, if I know God because I know his word, he's a God of freedom. So God wants us to be free from those things that are bothering us. By the way, um, just because it's like, well... My dad was angry, so I'm angry all the time. And, and my mom uh, had a problem with alcohol, so I have a problem with alcohol all the time. It does not have to be this way. It does not have to be this way. It does not have to be this way. God breaks bondage. It does not have to be in the, the history and, well, it's always just been, you know, it does not have to be this way. God is the God of freedom, so let me apply this freedom to us today uh, so we can live our lives in a a new week of freedom this week. I want to live a a new life of freedom and a new new week of freedom with Jesus Christ this week. Number one, the sound of freedom is the sound of breaking bondage of sin. The sound of freedom, it's the sound of breaking bondage of sin. So you're in Romans 6, I want to read verse 1 through 5. Romans 6, 1-5. Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us that were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? And therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death, that like as Christ is raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, uh, we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. We should be living a new life. Now, this is the the most basic question of ever. (laughs) Did you know that God doesn't want you to sin? Well, yes, if that's not ABC of Christianity, I don't know what is. Did you know God doesn't want you to sin? Uh, Yeah, 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 Uh, I know that. Uh, It's it's really basic. Okay, let's establish that God doesn't want me to sin. Okay, but did you know that God doesn't want you to always struggle with it? It doesn't have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be a daily defeat, in other words. So yes, we know God doesn't want me to sin. I know that. But also, it doesn't have to be a life of bondage and struggle. And God doesn't want that either. And and so, because I feel like sometimes, and and, and myself included, sometimes I wake up <clears throat> already defeated. And there is where you enter into the Putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the temptations, the wiles of the devil. But anyway, um, sometimes we, we might think that we're defeated already. And, and I already mentioned, well, my past and my generations, and, and so like, and, and this is the, just the way I was taught. It does not have to be this way. We do not have to struggle daily with sin. In Romans 6, it says, Now that you're saved, now that we're a church, shall we continue sinning? No. Well, how do you do that? How do you do that? Verse two: uh, God forbid. No, we should not continue sinning. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Is that if sin is dead, we're not going to live with sin anymore. And then it goes on, and and if. If we're dead with Christ in, in sin and, and we're living a new life with Christ, resurrected with him, yes. So, so here's the answer to the question, how do I not struggle? How do I not wake up defeated and, and so on? Uh, well, well, you need to die. Uh, you, you need to die. That would be the answer. And it sounds a little, sounds a little too simple. sounds a little too, too easy. But uh, as, as we know, uh, the Bible says, I die daily. Or uh, Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives within me. Christ is living in me and through me. And my job, my job is to die. So, did you know, uh, you'll, uh, sorry, you will be amazed at the things that so easily beset you. The things that so commonly are your problem will cease to be your problem when you die. <laughs> yes, when you die. And, uh, and I remember this, uh, this was explained at camp, and, and Evan was there. And, and uh, uh, I, don't, I, I don't need Evan tonight. Not tonight. Uh, maybe another time. But there was a young man that, that came to the platform, and the speaker said, Now lay down and you're going to play dead. And the young man said, "Okay, I'm going to play dead." So the young man laid down, and the preacher said, "Hey, did you see this picture of this girl? She's not wearing very many clothes." And the young man was dead. And he said, "Hey, did you see this thing? Did you hear what this person said about you? This thing that's not true. Oh, doesn't that just make your blood boil and and the man laid there. And he was dead. And what the preacher was trying to explain or trying to come across and and I like visual examples is that sin does not bother somebody that's dead it it, it is not a it is not a, a daily uh, a daily failure and so we need to be reminded and and I know I, I've preached on Galatians 220 I need to be reminded that I need to die every day my flesh needs to die my My wants need to die and and I need to daily say, Lord Jesus, I am going to live a new life uh, with you and I want you to live through me. And I want to do the things that you want me to do. I do not want to do the things that you do not want me to do. And when uh, anger comes up and bitterness and and, uh, the other things that bother me, I just need to die and continue to stay dead. So that, Jesus, you can live through me. That is basically the first point. That God does not want his children, Christian people, to live in bondage to sin. It does not have to be a daily defeat. It does not have to be a daily struggle. You do not have to wake up in failure. uh, But you can live daily, one day at a time. Starting tomorrow morning is Thursday. I'm going to live tomorrow... And uh, I have this written in my notes. You look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're going to die today. You're dead today. You're dead. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live with Jesus Christ living through me. And isn't it going to be crazy to us that now all of the sudden, when everything that, that bothered me and the sins that I uh, so easily beset me, as the Bible says, suddenly uh, do not are not so besetting and are not so uh, difficult when Jesus is living uh, through us. In John uh, 8, 34, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. You are serving sin. 35, And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son, capital S, abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free... You shall be free indeed. Freedom is a life living with, with Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ. That is the life of freedom. And that's fine. That's fine. He wants me to preach a little faster. So point number two. <laughs> I'm messing with him. He's like, go a little faster, point two, and then in three minutes he's like, point three. You know But uh, we do not need to struggle with sin, I feel like. That is covered. We do not need to struggle with sin. Uh, We're going to live a new life with Jesus Christ living through us. We're going to start tomorrow morning. Maybe in our devotionals. Our devotionals. Our prayer. Maybe you need to start tonight. You can start tonight at the altar. Um, But uh, what I want to bring home. Which, uh, you know, I've I've, I've been a Christian or, or been attending church literally my entire life. And this was just a new nugget for me, a new thought for me. I do not need to be defeated with sin every day. God doesn't want me to sin? Well, yeah, I know that. But I don't need to be defeated every day. I don't need to wake up losing all the time. I'm going to live a new life in Jesus Christ. That is the sound of freedom. The sound of freedom is the sound of breaking bondage of sin. Number two, the sound of freedom is the sound of sacrifice. It's the sound of sacrifice. So, um, I'll do... Uh, why don't you turn to 1 Peter 2.16. 1 Peter 2.16. 1 Peter 2.16. The Bible says, As free and not using your liberty or freedom for a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. So now that you're free, as free, now that you're free, you're not using your liberty, your freedom, as a cloak of maliciousness, but as servants of God. You know, Galatians five thirteen basically says the same exact thing, Galatians five thirteen. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty, you've been called unto a new freedom, but don't use your but only sorry, I, I like to add things to help me think only use not liberty your freedom for an occasion to the flesh for an excuse to sin but by love serve one another by love serve one another you cannot have freedom without sacrifice again again I can say the same point god is a god of freedom god you know god's love letter to the people has freedom all over it, all over it. All 66 books, there's freedom within and without. And you can't have freedom without sacrifice. So, all through our Bible is sacrifice. All through our Bible is sacrifice, and and God God, uh, sacrificed his only begotten son. Yes, yes, we know that. You can't have freedom without sacrifice. And uh, when the American flag flies... It represents freedom, but the fabric and the sewing to make that is sewed with sacrifice. Not only literally, but (laughs) I mean, literally throughout history. The fabric of what makes the American flag so that when we salute it and when we look at it, it's made with sacrifice. And we know that. And I know you've heard this before that freedom isn't free, freedom is not free. So above we learned I'm free from sin and God does not want me to sin nor do I need to struggle or be bound to it. But I want you to know next that the Bible doesn't doesn't excuse me the Bible says don't use your new Christian liberty or your new freedom for an excuse to do anything that you want or for an excuse to sin. But with your new freedom and the answer was in Galatians with your new freedom Serve other people with love. In love, serve people. Now, uh, historically, uh, you would know um, that the Israelites followed the law for a long time. And I thought about today, I, I was in Sioux Falls today and I drove back and I was thinking about saying some things of things that you had to follow if you are following the law. So, I'll, I'll give one example, and, and if anybody wants to say something, uh, what is a part of the law? Here's one example. Uh, no pork, right? I, I don't think you can eat pork if you're going to follow the law, the Old Testament law. No pork. Uh, church was on Saturdays. I know that. Church was on Saturdays. That was the Sabbath day. I know that uh, on Saturday, you could do no work. No work could be done. So, what what accounted as work? Well, if mom makes food, that's counted as work. So what, what did you do on Saturday, on the Sabbath day? Well, she cooked on Friday so that you could eat on Saturday, if you know what I mean. Uh, anybody else, any uh, things of the law, Atreyu? You cannot consume anything that was sacrificed to another god? Man, what if there is a a ju- big juicy steak right there? And I was like, Man should have sacrificed something else <laughs> a bird yes oh I don't know if I want to repeat that <laughs> you cannot go to the tabernacle if uh, you were a lady and you had some things going on <laughs> that is the gentlest way <laughs> and things are going on anyway, anyway let's skip, skip move on uh, so, train. you do not bow to anybody but God. So why, why I brought these up is because when, when Romans was written, it said, Hey guys, just because we're not following the law of Moses does not give you the permission to do whatever you want. That, I mean, that's, that is the point. Just because we're not following the law, now we can eat bacon, and now we go to church on Sundays, and now we can work on Sundays, work on Sundays, and now we can do all the things, and we're not bound by the law anymore. But that doesn't give you freedom, liberty, to do whatever you want. But with this new freedom, with this new liberty, let's serve other people with love, and, and that's that is really the point it's making serve other people in love, serve people in and out of this church and and uh i th- I think we do that by the way uh, I do not want to serve only the people in this church I want to serve in and out of this church uh throughout throughout the world and reach people you know this word uh the word love uh again is is agape and and uh uh, by now, I think you would know it's a sacrificial love, uh, asking nothing for return. Not because you got in trouble, not because you bought a new toy, or, 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 or not because uh, anything, uh, but we're just called to, with this new freedom that we have in Christ, not bound to sin, number one, not bound to sin, but with this new freedom, my job is to serve other people, in love, and love other people, and serve them. That's my job. Uh, and here's what I had written. When was the last time you served someone? Asking nothing and expecting nothing in return. When was the last time you served your spouse? Or your parents? Amen. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Are you kids listening? Uh, anyway, when was the last time you served the people around you, and uh, hey, just because I love you, hey, just because I love you, I want to serve and and be good to you. And now, not because you got in trouble, not because you bought a new toy, or or because, uh, hey, uh, by the way, I made this big decision without you. Sorry, uh, but I got you some flowers. Uh, No, when was the last time you just said, hey, I love you, and I want to serve you? Not not for what I can get out of it, just because I love you. So our, our perfect example, our perfect example is, of course, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave freedom through his only begotten Son, Jesus. And that whoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And yes, that was the Ryan Austen version of the Bible I added the word freedom. God gave His Son that we could have freedom so that He loved us so much that He gave sacrificially so that we can love people and give back to them too. And Now, of course, I'm not preaching our one job is to love people and give to them. It's to bring them to Jesus Christ. Yes, but maybe that's the avenue. Maybe the avenue of bringing people to Jesus Christ is loving and serving. Maybe that's the point that needs to be made. But, so first, the sound of freedom is the sound of breaking bondage of sin. And secondly, the sound of freedom is the sound of sacrifice. It's the sound of loving people, sacrificing for them. And we're not allowed to just do whatever we want, because we have this new freedom in Jesus. Like, well, I'm saved anyway, so I can do whatever I want. No, no. But with our new freedom... I'm going to serve other people and love other people. Hey, let's start on Saturday. Saturday we have VBS. I'm going to serve people and love people. I'm going to serve people and love people. That's VBS. Hey, good place to start. Number three, the sound of freedom is the sound of sinners being redeemed. Man, this, this point is close to my heart. The sound of freedom is the sound of sinners being redeemed. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Or if I could say, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. When you look in the world today and see how chaotic and confused, Miss Connie uh, mentioned that chaotic and confusing. Uh, People are, I want you to think this, that these people are in bondage. They're in bondage to sin, in bondage to addiction. They cannot find a way out. No matter how much they, they try, they're in bondage. And sometimes, you know, we're on the outside, the church is sometimes on the outside looking in. This is insanity. Yes, these people are in bondage. But... So it's no surprise to me that, excuse me, the Bible says where the the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and there's liberty. There's the verse. So if I could flip the verse upside down, where the Spirit of the Lord is not, there is no freedom. There is not liberty, if I could say that. So it's no surprise to me that, that when you see people in bondage, and, and where the Spirit of the Lord is not, they're in bondage. There's no freedom. There's not liberty. So, people are bound today to addictions and, and depression, bound to sin, and stuck in spinning their tires. And it's our job to say, hey, my friend, do you want to know freedom? Do you want to know real, long, life-lasting freedom? I know His name. His name is Jesus and Jesus will bring you freedom. That's the name. And that's our job this week too. Giving us three jobs this week. That's our job this week. Say, hey young person, on Saturday, I keep mentioning VBS, on Saturday, say, hey young child, I want you to know you can have freedom. You do not have to live in anger. You do not have to hate your siblings. But, I want you to know this new freedom in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's our job is to do that. Freedom's name is Jesus Christ. Romans 6.22 That that was our main verse. Our main verse. The verse that we've been at. All three of my points are in this verse. All three of my points that I already preached are in this verse. But now being made free from sin. That's point number one. And become servants to God. that, uh, That was point two. I'm going to serve and love. Ye have your fruit unto holiness. In the end is everlasting life. Everlasting life. Verse is point three. Sinners being redeemed. So, uh, I want to end uh, with, with a thought. I want to end with a thought. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. A rhetorical question. Uh, but I am not going off topic, by the way. So, come with me in a thought and then we will oh my and then we will be finished wow time goes by fast Um, what do you think is God's favorite song rhetorical question actually well I'll take that back if you want to answer it you can answer it what do you think is God's favorite song Uh, could it be is it how great thou art is it crown him with many crowns Uh, Jesus paid it all Uh, what is God's favorite song well uh, I want to read some song lyrics to you that might answer this question. And remember, number three, the, so, uh, the sound of freedom is the sound of sinners being redeemed. That's the sound of freedom. So uh, verse one, he loves to hear the wind sing as it whistles through pines and mountain peaks. This is speaking of God. He loves to hear raindrops as they splash to ground in, the, in a magic melody. He smiles with sweet approval as waves crash through rocks in harmonies. All creation joins in unity to sing to him majestic symphony. So creation is making beautiful noises to God. But next, next, uh, his favorite song of all is the song of the redeemed. When lost sinners are made clean, and lift their voices loud. And strong, when those who are purchased by his blood lift to him a song of love. There's nothing more he'd rather hear, nor so pleasing to his ear. That's his favorite song of all. In verse 2, he loves to hear the angels sing, uh, Holy, holy is the Lamb. We know that from Revelation. Holy is the Lamb. Heaven's choir in harmony. Man, I'm excited to sing, sing in that. Heaven's choir in harmony, lift up praises to the great I Am. But he lifts his hands for silence when the wicked, saved by grace, begin to sing. And a million angels will listen. As a newborn soul, their sins have been redeemed. Can you think of the little children that we might be able to witness to you and speak to you on Saturday uh, I'm already thinking about that. This is the bridge. It's not just melodies and harmonies that capture God's attention. It's not just clever lines and phrases that causes Him to stop and listen. But when any heart is set free, washed and bought by Calvary, it begins to sing. That's His favorite song of all. It's the song of the redeemed. When lost sinners are made clean, and they lift their voices loud and strong. When those who are purchased by His blood lift to Him a song of love, there's nothing more He'd rather hear, nor is so pleasing to His ear. But that's His favorite song of all. The favorite song, the sound of freedom, that's the sound of sinners being redeemed. And that song just perfectly said it. The Sound of Sinners Being Redeemed is one of God's favorite songs. And you know, I was, I was, I was at camp a couple weeks ago. Eight people got saved at camp. Eight people trusted Christ as their Savior. And I thought of them. Man, God's favorite song was when their voices said, God, I want to know you as my Savior. And I want you to be mine. And, and wash my sins clean in that day, that very night, or that day. Uh, they were God's children, and, and they were saved. And that was, that was the favorite song, the favorite song uh, that is to God's ears. So that is the sound of freedom, the sound of freedom. So three challenges, uh, three challenges from here on. I do not need to be bound to sin. I do not need to wake up defeated, but I'm going to wake up in a new life with Christ tomorrow. Uh, number two, uh, I'm going to, with my new freedom... And with my new freedom from sin, I'm going to serve other people and love other people. That is my job. I'm going to serve other people and love other people. And maybe that might be the avenue that God uses to bring them to Him. That's my job. I'm going to serve people and love people. And thirdly, God's favorite song is the song of sinners being redeemed. And that's our job is, is to bring people to a knowledge, a saving knowledge of Jesus. All of our job. Amen. And that's the sound of freedom.